Good morning. Welcome Good to the Pulse. Good morning. Welcome to the Pulse WV Live, a network that beats to the heart of God. It's raining behind you, John. It's, it's raining. Isn't that awesome? Isn't that cool? Yeah. Yeah. The John no, John Show. Yeah, the John John Show. And it's Tuesday. Today's the 20th day of uh, September. Tomorrow. No, I think it's tomorrow. No, I think it's the next day. Let me see here. Oh, I thought tomorrow. Let's see. Let me look. When does fall start? 22nd, Thursday. Sometimes it's the 21st on seasons, right? I Not sure. I don't know. But I, what I can't figure out, and this is this is something I can't understand, is why, why are people, they've been decorating for a month for fall. It's like when Labor Day hits, that's when fall begins, and it's not true. It's not true. And I think it's like 9.54 p.m. tomorrow night is when fall starts. I think that's when it is. Well, tomorrow is it? Was it, is today the twentieth? Uh, yeah, that's yeah. Well, they said twenty second. Yeah, the twenty second is when. Well, they said tomorrow. Well, it's you're you're it's the twenty second at nine forty five p.m., which oh. is what's crazy. It's like okay, not nine thirty two or nine. It's it's this really is very scientific, John. You got to uh, get. I'll take it back. Nine oh four. There, oh, I feel yeah, better. Nine oh four. See, I feel better about that time. Yeah, nine oh four. But then I know people, I know people that already have in Gasway already have their Halloween decorations up. Really? It, it's like here's what I wonder: Is it because people are they don't have anything to look forward to, so they put their decorations up early? Is well, that some people is? just don't take care of their house, and it always looks like Halloween. <laughs> Your house doesn't look that way. No, we're trying to make it look that way a little bit. You know, on the good side, not the scary stuff, right? Like pumpkins and oh, stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, pumpkin, pumpkin, absolutely. Hey, my will, pumpkin, little pumpkin, no doubt about it. John Sandy's <laughs> here with part three of rebuking the blessing. Yes. Hey, did you ever find out how you got your name, John? Yes. How? Um, there was a, there were some friends of my mom and dad's in Ravenswood, mm-hmm. and they uh, had a son, and their son passed away. He was killed on a motorcycle. Oh, he was killed on a motorcycle, and I'm named after him. And uh, oh, wow, just and to I, help remember him again. Yeah, and I'm and I met, I met the mom and dad one time. I remember that as a kid. Oh, wow. And I tell you, somebody else I got to meet. I got to meet the actual doctor who delivered me, and I thought that was pretty cool. I wanted to meet him. And uh, how does he feel about the whole thing? Looking at you now. Well, he's dead. He's dead now. It was Doctor Dobbs. His, it was his name. But I got to meet him before he passed away. He he was in his right mind and everything. I just thought thought that was kind of neat. My mom took me to meet him, and I thought that was kind of cool. that's neat. Yeah, it was kind of. Cool. Mine wasn't that sophisticated. I was just when I was born, I was kind of flushed, so they called me John. And that's all I know. <laughs> that's so crazy. <laughs> then you were flushed? Yeah. No doubt. Well, all the way. So they said, John. Why was that in plunger? Yeah, that's all it matters. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah, it leaves a mark. It does. It does. Right there on the head. <laughs> that was circle right Yeah, here. right there on the head. <laughs> and that, your nose is a little longer. Yeah, that's the truth. <laughs> I like that. I got to get that table out of your shot. I can't do anything about that while you're. You mean the table? I'm, yeah. This, this table? It's right there in the way. Yeah, Boy Scout gone. bus trip. John, oh, oh, okay. Kathy says it was a Boy Scout bus trip. He was 13. 
And I guess uh, I when guess they he named pa- you John, the the fella that passed away, his name oh, was John. Yeah, he was thirteen. Thirteen, yeah. He was on a motorcycle. No, I think Kathy just texted me, and it was a bus accident, like a school bus uh, Boy Scout trip. Oh, oh man. So I'm carrying on the name, Sick. carrying and on you're the name. Doing it very well. Well, I try, no doubt no, about you it. You do. You're very trying. Well, no, no doubt about it. <laughs> well, brother, you're on. Hey. Hey, hey, how you doing? I'm going to finish getting this on the radio here. Okay, all right. Well, of course, uh, we're doing uh, part three today of um, Rebuking the Blessing. And we will talk a little bit about uh, a little review here as we go into uh, continuing. Our main uh, scripture is Matthew 5, 44. But first, our notable quotable, which fits in very nicely to our program for today. Just because we prayed, it doesn't mean that we've heard from God. Just because we prayed, it doesn't mean we've heard from God. Now, here's now everybody don't jump out and leave the room when I say this. But I'm going to tell you something. Prayer can hurt you. Prayer can hurt you. How do I mean that? I'm glad you asked. Because sometimes what we pray doesn't line up with God's word. And, of course, our greatest example is the devil. He came after Jesus in the desert with Scripture. But he not only perverted Scripture, John, he also took things out of Scripture when he quoted them. We could go into that sometime. But anyway, you can pray wrong. You can pray amiss. You can pray in the flesh. And you can pray, which can you can be out of line with the Word of God when you pray. You need to know the Word, folks. This is the bottom line on everything we do. We need to know the Word. We need to study the Word and hide it in our heart and learn the Word. And don't ever exclusively go on something because someone told you. Make sure it lines up with the Word because there's people out there that have some nutty ideas, John, and they've got the word pastor and reverend right before their name. And so you really need to know what the Word says about what they said. Make sure it lines up together. That's two parts. And then another part is a confirmation with another believer that you highly uh, respect and believe walks close with the Lord, not simply as a yes man for you. So that's our little notable quote before today. As we continue on, we've been talking about Matthew 5, 44. And what I want to share about this is uh, it tells us how we all know the Scripture, right? Pray for your enemies, bless those that curse you, do good to those who spitefully use you, blah, 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 right? But it says pray. You can pray for your enemies. You, you can say, you know, I pray for my enemies. Yeah, I prayed for them. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, folks, we there's a prerequisite for everything. To simply pray is not enough. To simply fast is not enough. To simply go to church is not enough. They're all great. They're all wonderful. And I would continue to do those. But if you don't have your heart lined up with the Word of God, you may be praying amiss. We need to make sure that if we're going to share Christ, that we already have him first. So we have something to share that's real. It's not of the flesh. So when you look at Matthew 5, 44, it tells us how we're supposed to treat people that hate us. It gives us some wonderful insight onto what we need to do in order to pray effectively. The fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. It doesn't say just any prayer. It says the fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. So there's prerequisites to our praying. So the next time you pray, think about the condition of your heart. Are you clear with God? Do you have any ought with someone? Have you repented of anything you need to repent of? <clears throat> there's different things that you need to consider when you pray. Otherwise, you can lose the blessing. You can curse or rebuke the blessing 
by simply being disobedient and thinking that, well, I fooled the church. They think I walked close, so that's good enough. And sometimes that's the way we live, and it's unfortunate. But in Matthew 5, it tells us to pray for our enemies. It says, bless those that curse you. It's pretty strong language on how we're supposed to act, doesn't it? But let's look at that scripture a little closer. <clears throat> it also tells us in order to pray, there's three things you need to be ready to do and practice if you expect your prayer to be effectual. Okay? Number one, the Bible tells you to love your enemies. <clears throat> didn't say just acknowledge him that, yes, that is my enemy right over there on the street corner. That is Jerry, my enemy. That's not enough. God wants you to look at Jerry with love in your heart. Number two, bless your enemies. Now we're putting our faith into action. Now we're putting our words and our so-called praying for our enemies into action. Bless them. What's the third thing? Do good. So there's some, some motivation for us to really understand what it really means to love your enemies. Folks, if you pray for your enemies and go around talking about them, putting them down and saying, and just keep reviewing and chewing on the things they've done to you, you just keep, you know, for years and years and years, there's no love there. So you got to love them, bless them, and do good to them. If you can do that, then you can now pray. You have not qualified yourself to pray for your enemies. So think about that next time you're praying for someone or praying over something. Is your heart in the right place? Are you clear with God? I don't mean perfect. I'm not saying you have to be perfect, but are you clear with him? Has he touched anything on your heart you need to pray about first before you pray for others? Sometimes. So what do you what do you say when you're praying for your enemy? What kind of prayer? Yeah. Oh, man, uh, just start blessing them. Like the Bible says, start blessing them. And here, here's what happens, John. Are you ready for this? Yeah. You start blessing them by faith. You say, well, that's faking it. That's fading, fading it or whatever you want to call it. No, you're, you're, do, you're being obedient to Christ. If he tells you to do something, he's not asking how you feel. He said, do it. Bless your enemies. Does he, does he say in there anywhere, John, now if you feel good about them now or if you really are comfortable with them now, now you can do this. No, he just says bless them. So you're being obedient. So once you're obedient, you bless them. And as you do that out of faith and obedience to Christ, God will turn that into love. And then when you do good works to them, then it manifests through those works. So we bless them by faith. That turns into love. I tell people all the time. In fact, just yesterday I said to someone, you cannot continue to bless your enemies and hold that hate. Because one's going to occupy or the other. They're going to clash until one wins. So don't give up. You just keep blessing them, and then it turns into love, and that love turns into an action, which is doing good. Now you're qualified to pray. So you pray blessings on them. For example, um, you may have someone that doesn't like you. They won't talk to you, whatever it is, and, and they talk about you to other people, and other people hear about it, and they pass it on to you, which people love to do, John. We love to review we love to do that. So anyway, you start hearing all this stuff. What are you going to do with it? You're pretty upset, right? Well, boy, I tell you what, and I told him this too yesterday. If you will press out and start doing that, you'll find out that that was the hardest act you had to do was that first time. If you will just break that ice and do it, and by faith, Jesus, I pray that you'll be with Jerry today. I pray that you'll bring him blessings for him. I pray that you'll bring him 
uh, all his needs and desires of his heart. Lord, may he grow closer to you, and may he be all you call him to be. You start praying like that for about 20 minutes, I'm guaranteeing you that will start that hate will start to live because they can't occupy the same house. I think you ought to bring hell's fire down on them. Why do you want to pray for your enemies? <laughs> well, it's kind of like you and doing alms. You know, you have a couple, you have a couple areas in your life, John, that God needs to work on. And I believe, I believe he's going to help you, John. You believe he's going to help me? I believe that day's coming. I mean, what? I mean, really, okay, if, if somebody doesn't like me, I really don't care. I know you don't. I don't care. And there's a good side to that because you don't carry hate and anger and all that no, stuff. No, I you, don't. In fact, if you're a Psalm again, you'd be nice to him. I've seen you. Well, I, I ran into somebody the other day that slandered me in town. I saw him at the post office. You have a lot of people like that, though. Yeah, but I put his picture up and took mine down, you know, on the wanted list. But, but yeah, I mean, it's it's like I, I've talked to him just like nothing in the world so, and, yeah. and, and just how you been, that blah, blah, blah. And I don't I don't care. Because I can tell you, I'm I've a whole lot you. better off than what they are. Well, and you know, God's so faithful. And you and I both learn over time that they've moved on. Well, I guess they have. I mean, a lot, he of, didn't, them, a lot of them moved on. They're not even thinking about it anymore. Well, no, he the didn't, did he didn't say a word. He didn't say a word. But, you know, here's the thing you can't, this stuff can't keep you up at night. You know, if you're going to work in ministry, ministry is not for the faint at heart. No. And, and if, somebody's, if somebody bumps up against you, and says, I mean, you cannot let that. I mean, yeah, it does bother you. Here's what I don't like. I don't like it when people lie on me and it's not true. That's what I don't. Oh, like. that, and that's one of my. That's what I, I don't like. <laughs> if people and people do that, and it just and that gets spread around. Oh yeah, <clears throat> you're the t- before you know you're the town drunk. Well, yeah, I mean, I've, <laughs> yeah, you've done this and you've done that and all this kind of stuff. But yeah, I mean, so you just. The, I think the problem is, uh, or the not the problem, but the opportunity here is to be able to swing well, you people. You up a little bit there, didn't you? Well, it is a problem. <laughs> it, this, there's not much of an opportunity in this one, but it, it, it's a problem is that you have this within the mm. church. It's one thing. The world can get away with it because they're allowed. Well, they don't have any conviction. Yeah, but the church. They, just, they sleep at night real well. But the church should not be bashing other preachers and that kind of stuff. Well, John, really, when you think about it, uh, based upon your question a moment ago, uh, not forgiving people is a really selfish act. Yeah. You're self-absorbed. It's all about you. I've been hurt. They need to pay for it. It's all about you. Oh, you and I know people like that. Yeah. <laughs> no names. No names. No names. Mm-mm. But we do have insurance. We can just lay them out if we want to. If you had to, just back the truck over, you know, something like that, something subtle. And then say, God bless you. Or bless their heart. It fixes heart. it. It does. It, it does. You're it clear. Yeah, once you say bless their heart, bless. you can you can you can yeah. spread rumors, you can gossip, you can do all kinds of stuff. You say bless their heart, sure. that means you're sincere. Absolutely, bless their heart. <laughs> bless them, Lord. I didn't mean to interrupt. No, that was really good. And uh, I bless John. You're John's exactly right. I've watched him. Uh, he doesn't hold grudges and things. Yeah, it hurts, and it hurt anybody. But John just turns right around and just loves on him and acts like nothing ever happened. That's awesome. So for the rest of us, John, the scripture's for us. Because <laughs> I've arrived. Yeah, because you've re- <laughs> I've arrived. Maybe in that area. <clears throat> You've done really, really well. Well, yeah. You so have proud to. of you. I'm so proud of you. Oh, thank you so much. Come so far. We need to realize that this <laughs> scripture we're talking about as we move on along uh, needs to be, it tells us that we need to be proactive. And um, and we need to make sure that uh, that that we think about things before we do them. 
you know, don't don't just be reactive, be proactive. Proactive allows you to think it out and study it out. And that's why we take every thought captive, as I've mentioned before, is so that we can channel things where they need to go. What's not allowed in and what is allowed in. It's just not it's not just a thought we have towards others who don't like us that we are responsible for. We are to engage others, and that's where we talk about doing good and blessing and loving. Those things that cause us to be engaged. And if you read that scripture again in Matthew 544, uh, these are pretty direct criticisms. It's not just you heard someone doesn't like you. I mean, they just despitefully use you, curse you. Uh, these are pretty personal things. And a psychologist will, psychologist will tell you that we are not designed for direct criticism. Our bodies are not designed for that. So when people come at you like that, we obviously we either we react in different ways. We go into a shell. We put ourselves down. Um, we become timid and asking forgiveness for every little thing we do. But God wants us to be strong in him. And the way we do it is to be strong in the word. We need to know the word. But if we are engaged, we're going to see some great re- results. Because you're denying yourself, folks. Anytime you deny yourself and take up your cross, you're going to follow him. You can't follow him without doing those two things. We, we say, oh, I'm going, to, I'm going to follow Christ today. Well, did you deny yourself? Are you taking up your cross? Are you doing these things? Are you engaged with people that hate you? I don't mean you have to go pat on the back and say, hey, let's go have lunch when they're right in the middle of hating you because sometimes you can stir up more trouble if you don't use wisdom. And we're going to talk about that. We are to always ask for wisdom so that we can stay out of the flesh in our responses to other people. Folks, we need wisdom desperately. I pray for it quite often that God would give me wisdom. So, see, wisdom allows you to plan ahead. Uh, wisdom, when people, when you, when, when you have wisdom and someone says that's, they said something and you responded in the right way, man, that was great wisdom. But you know, that wisdom didn't just show up. That wisdom is part of your walk. That's something you develop and grow in. So when these things come at you, you're not cut off guard like you used to be. And that's one way we can tell if we're growing is if we find our responses to things are better than they used to be. Now we still have our hiccups, folks. I do. And I had to repent. I feel like I need to start all over again sometimes. But uh, God's never shocked by our sin. He's never disappointed in the sense that he didn't expect it from us. He knows our feet are made of clay. And he wants the best for you, and he loves you just the way you are. James 1.5 in the New King James Version, If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all liberally and without reproach. Isn't that awesome? I mean, he just gives. All you have to do is ask and don't doubt. And it will be given to him. Also, as we read on, it also tells us, but let him ask in faith with no doubting. I just mentioned that. Folks, you can't come to God and communicate with him and pray to him unless you meet him with these prerequisites. You come just as you are when you get saved. But even that requires faith. So he told us to every man is given a measure of faith. Isn't that awesome? God just does it all, doesn't he? He lays out the plan for us. He gives us the faith to respond to him. Now, we can't come to him unless he calls. But how are you going to hear his call unless you have faith in him? So God gives you a measure of faith to do that. And then you you choose to go with him. And then he starts to, to take you through the process of walking with him. And a lot of it comes through literally reading the Bible, his love letters, and find out not only who he is, 
but how we're supposed to be and how we're supposed to react when certain things come our way. God gives us the book of Revelation so that we can know things are coming. He he doesn't get any joy in, in saying, boo, I got you, or catch you off guard. No, no. He wants you to be prepared for the day. We need to learn how to turn the page every day and see what God wants to do the next day. God has a plan for your life every day. He's got it worked out for you. Who are you supposed to meet? What are you supposed to do? Everything. And the closer we get to him, guess what? The more of those things, he'll be able to check off the list that you accomplished that day. And what he's trying to do is preparing you for the next day so that when you turn the page, you're not getting a new vocabulary word that you never heard before. See, one page is connected to the X. It's all part of one book. As you turn that page to the next day, whatever is going to be on that page, you'll understand it because of your obedience the day before. So anywhere that we're not obedient, folks, anywhere we're not obeying God, we do lose ground. I don't mean that God can't make it up or anything like that. I'm simply saying that we had to meet the prerequisites in order for us to pick up the next piece. If you're going to take algebra two, you might want to take algebra one first. John was talking about how one thing he loved in school was English. And he had English 1, English 2. Well, English 1 prepares you for English 2. The the page you're on today, now listen to me carefully. The page you're on today is to prepare you for the page tomorrow. It's not that God's punishing you because you weren't completely obedient, but he does have to change the page a little bit because you won't understand it. There'll be a word in there you didn't know because you didn't do this yesterday. You didn't learn that word for today. And I don't mean to sound uh, just like a word in school, and that's all I'm talking about, but I wanted to parallel it just a little bit, just enough for us to see that God really wants to teach us and instruct us and help us. You know, folks, God will take the things you do wrong and do good from them. He'll do that, but he didn't want you to do those things to do it. God doesn't. God never wants to teach you a thing and leave a scar. He wants to teach you the right way. If he'll, te- he'll teach you through obedience everything you need to know. You don't miss a thing. He's an awesome God. So we, get, we, we, we pray for wisdom, and he'll give it to us liberally without reproach if we uh, do not doubt And if we ask in faith, without faith, it's impossible to please him. And that's just one example. You can't have wisdom without faith. You have to have faith to be used of God because faith is that bridge that connects the spiritual with the physical. How else can we lay hands on the sick except that he told us that the same spirit that raised him from the dead lives in you and that same spirit will quicken, heal your mortal body. Now you have authority in your life. But if you don't give him your life, you don't have that authority. And if you get saved and you don't walk in that authority, then you will not know how to use it. Practice makes permanent, as a friend of mine once said. So, for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. So, if you doubt, if you don't have faith, Besides wisdom, there's many things that we will not receive. And if we don't receive, what happens? We're like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. Have you ever met anybody that emotionally is driven by the wind? They just blow with the wind. There's no consistency. They're up. They're down. They're all over the place emotionally and and even intellectually. They just can't grasp things for more than three minutes. In verse 7 of that same scripture, 
we really see the larger picture. It tells us that with doubting, without asking in faith, we are not to assume that we will receive anything from the Lord. Wow. Let me say that one more time because then it's powerful, isn't it? Look at verse 7 in Matthew 5.44. Look at verse 7. It tells us that with doubting and without asking faith, we mentioned those two words already. You have to have that to get wisdom. We are not to assume, well, we do that a lot, don't we, that we will be, that we will receive anything from the Lord. And I got like four or five exclamation points there because that's powerful, folks. We just assume that if we show up at the party, that we're going to be the honored guest. That God's people are going to recognize us and know who we are. Folks, if you don't hang around the people that go to the party, if you don't fellowship with the people that go to the party, if God doesn't help you each day to walk with him, when you show up at that party, no one's going to know you, and you're going to be an invited guest. So you need to make sure that that uh, you follow him day by day. Turn that page each day. Don't don't. And if you miss it, folks, just just say, Jesus, forgive me. Folks, he'll pick you up from there, and he'll start you again, and he'll rearrange your notes a little bit for you so that you can handle tomorrow based upon what you didn't do today. He'll just pick up right there and go with you. Just make sure you repent so you can be clear with him. You want to be used of him, and maybe more importantly, you want to be able to hear his voice. He said, my people hear my voice. They know me, and they hear my voice. You, you're, you're, um, I saw a video of a, a dad. He was actually a Christian comedian. They had a newborn baby, and he was crying on the table there. That he'd just been born. And he began to talk to that baby. That baby recognized his voice from her mo- the mother carrying him and them talking to him in the womb. He recognized his voice and stopped crying when he started talking to him. He knew the voice of his daddy. Folks, do you know your daddy's voice? People say all the time, the devil told me this, the devil told me that. Well, folks, how about this? Do you know your father's voice? He knows your voice. That means anytime you call out to him, he's right there. He hears you. Your father hears your voice. He hears your cry. And when he responds with his voice, his soothing voice to comfort you, to encourage you, to forgive you, to help you, to give you balance and and purpose, do you hear his voice? Because his voice will change your life. Who he is comes out of his mouth. And that's why we have the Bible. So we know something about God's voice. So we know something about the personality of our Savior. So that we can engulf into our lives the Holy Spirit and feel at home because we know the voice of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is not an it. It's a person. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. And it said, let us make man in our own image. They're very similar. They're different and the same. It's just so awesome. I love the, the, the whole concept of the Trinity. It's like three cords of rope. You put three together and much stronger than two. God knows everything. And just so the Bible, even though the Bible says he predestined us, I don't believe that's saying that you are predestined and be saved or not saved. No, not at all. It's just that he knows what he has planned for you. He has good thoughts for you. Why do you think he tells you that he has good thoughts for you and plans for you and he goes to prepare a place for you? Why do you think he tells you all these things? Because he wants you to know they're yours if you're faithful. He's not telling you automatically get them. He's not telling you automatically he's preparing a place for you in heaven. He's talking to his children. Do you hear his voice? If you're not hearing his voice, you need to slow down 
push aside the things of the world and start learning his voice. How do you do that? Talking to him. Because here's what happens when you talk to him. He answers you. Now, at first you may say, I don't hear God's voice. Keep it up. Keep talking to him. Keep entering his gates with thanksgiving, his courts with praise. Keep doing those two things right there. Be thankful and praise him in that order. And if you'll do that, you will enter his inner gates, the inner rooms. And as you do that, his voice becomes clear. It's always soft. It's always gentle. It's always respectful. But you'll begin to hear it because you first put yourself out there. You first went to where he's at. God's always there. But we need to be where he's at. And that is in the middle of praise and worship and thanksgiving. He said he inhabits the praises of his people. Why does he say that? Because he knows that if you have a thankful heart and you praise him, that there is now room for him to enter in and be a part of your life. In fact, it says right here, remember we must stay ahead of our emotions and not let our flesh rule our hearts. You're made up of the mind, the heart, and the flesh. See, when God created the earth in Genesis, he did three types of creation. He created things out of nothing. Then he created things out of the earth. Did you know that all things that we know came out of the earth? Everything. He started out with the earth after he created something out of nothing. Then he created things out of the dirt. And then the third type of creation is he built things from things. Like he took a rib from Adam and made Eve. <clears throat> so he built a woman out of the rib of a man. And those are the three types of creations he has. God has planned out everything. He created Adam and Eve. He first created Adam out of the dirt. And you know, when we die, we go back to the earth because that's where we came from. But all oh, our spirit, if, we're, if we love Jesus or following him and <clears throat> wanting his will and not our own, that voice of his become very precious to you. With our tongue, we will either bless or curse others or things. Did you know you could bless a thing or curse a thing? Yeah. Yeah. I know a tree's alive, but it's not a person. Jesus cursed that. He said, if, if you don't praise me, the rocks will cry out. So we had the ability with our tongue. The Bible says if you can control the tongue, you can control any part of the body. So with our tongue, we either bless or curse every time we open our mouth. Did you know that? Did you know that there's not an idle word that doesn't go somewhere? You will bless or curse with every. I said something this morning. I thought, oh, I shouldn't have said that. I caught myself. Had to repent. We got, we're in a process, folks. You're growing. And don't you be discouraged. You be encouraged. I don't care how low you feel you are on the spiritual totem pole. If no one recognizes you, your God does. Your God knows every hair on your head is counted. He, and I have a little phrase I use. Every time, everything God touches, he leaves his DNA. And every time he touches your life and gives you direction and blesses you and guides you, he's leaving his DNA on you. And you know what happens? After a while, your DNA looks like his DNA. We are called to worship that's why he created us, was to fellowship. He already had angels, 
So why do you need us? Because we were created in his image. We were created to fellowship. What did Jesus do with the very first man he made? Adam. He walked with him in the cool of the evening. He longs for fellowship. He longs for you to to come to him and spend time with him. Learn to put certain things aside. Not only that, folks, if you don't spend much time with him, it's the things of the world that will lock in and change your thinking, and we won't have the mind of Christ. We'll have the mind of the world. We need to have his mind in us. Jesus says, as I am, so are you in this world. Always going to prepare a place for us. It's going to be awesome. But he says, let's do it here too. That will be done on earth as it is in heaven. God doesn't want, want, want to wait for you to get to heaven to bless you and give you and heal you and, and help you and strengthen you and provide for you and to fulfill the desires of your heart as you walk with him and seek him first. He wants that all to start here on earth. Start now. Start living heaven now. Start operating heaven now. Lay hands on the sick. Pray for those. Witness to those. Be there to help those in need. Love your enemies. Praise and worship your God in thanksgiving. And his voice will become clearer and clearer. And the, most, the biggest reason why that happens, folks, is because you're slowly shutting out the world. And that's why we can hear his, hear his still small voice. It's because he begins to be the predominant voice you hear. So you're going to either bless or curse people or things with your tongue. Notice where Jesus instructed us to go directly after a curse with a blessing. Isn't that interesting? He said, bless those that curse you. That's pretty direct, in your face, cursing you. He said, bless them. Well, that doesn't make sense. Well, that's because we, we live with a carnal thoughts, with a carnal mind. We've got to take on the mind of Christ. If we do, I guarantee you, write it down. That scripture will then make sense. Some stories I want to tell you. I like to do that next week. I'll go ahead and stop for now on our part three on rebuking the blessing. Now, you're listening this morning, maybe live or delayed. You're still right on time. God cares about you. God wants the best for you. But we got to seek him first. We got to cry out to him. And folks, if you fall, if you trip up, if you mess up, folks, wipe yourself off. Ask God to forgive you. Repent. He's right there to forgive you, to take you again. Let's start again. He'll say, ooh, ooh, ooh. Let's do another day. Let's start. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Let's start on tomorrow. Let's start on a new day. I have a plan already for you. So when you get up in the morning, turn the page. You'll see my instructions for today. And start again. Just keep repenting if you mess up. God is not moved uh, because we fail. It doesn't cause him to think any less of you. God only knows, listen to what I'm saying, God only knows how to love. He, he, he's, he doesn't have a critical spirit. He just has the best view. He loves you. I don't care how bad you look, how much you failed. His response is always going to be, but you know I love you. You know You know that? I love you. Let's start again. Let's start a new day. Never give up, folks.
Never give up. Whether you're claiming something that God's promised, don't ever just give God a shot. Don't ever think, I try God. Don't ever do that. This is a life commitment, and he'll change you radically if you let him, if you deny yourself, and just keep pressing. Strugglers, I believe, are going to make it if they don't give up. Just don't give up. So pray with me. If you know him, you don't know him, you used to know him, you you walk with him, but you need to go deeper. Maybe you've heard something this morning that may help you, and I hope it does. Let's start another day today. Let's see what let's see what page he has for you tomorrow. He'll have some surprises for you. He'll have some encouragement for you. He'll have some tests for you, and he'll have a new season for you. He's got it all ready for you because he knew you before you were ever formed in your mother's womb. Hey, there are millions of guys and girls that want to get in that egg, and you got in. You're not an accident. God's given you a purpose. You are wonderfully and fearfully made, and uh, you made you made the team. You're alive. You got great hope. So pray with me. Jesus, I renewally give you my life today. I look to you fresh today. I repent of all sins, all failings in my life. And I'll look to you today once again. You said to forgive 70 times 7, symbolic of always forgive. And if you require that of us, you do that yourself. So we repent today of failing already on this early morning. If we've already failed, we repent. And we look to you and we seek to hear that still small voice through praise and worship and adoration and thanksgiving in our hearts. Because if you can change our heart, you can change the world. If you can change our heart, you can change our neighbor. If you can change our heart, you can get us to the center of your will. You're so awesome. So we praise you. We thank you. We give you back our lives in full because we believe you died for us. We believe on the third day you rose and took back the, the keys of, of death and hell. And we believe that you've gone to hell to prepare a place. Jesus doesn't do his will on earth, on heaven, in heaven any more than he did on earth. He still listens for his father's voice, just like we are. And what he does is, when he hears from the father, he passes it on to you. That's how intimate your relationship with him is. We praise you, Father. We bless you in every way. Our lives, we give you all the praise, honor, and glory. And thank you for who you are. Amen. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, make sure that you let us know and your name is written in heaven. And uh, we're so thankful for that. If you want to become a partner with this ministry, you can text the word PULSE, P-U-L-S-E, to 1304-244-3187. Go to thepulsechurch.com, give through PayPal, or mail your love gift to P.O. Box 141, Gasaway, West Virginia, 26624. I promise you, I've got testimonies of people that have been blessed because they gave to this ministry. Have a great day, everybody. See you again tomorrow for the next edition of the Pulse WV Live, a network that beats to the heart of God.